up, what's up, y'all? You are tuned in to the Listen Up Podcast. I'm your host, Jess, and it's time for you to listen up to what God has called you to do. Let's get it. Hey guys, welcome back to the Listen Up With Jess podcast. I'm so excited that you have pressed play on this new episode. We are in now the month of June and, um, you know, I'm excited to be back on the mic. It's crazy because um, I've have been dealing with a lot um, with the last month, um, a couple weeks, and um I actually was preparing to do an episode on this topic, um, and it's the topic of grief, right? Uh, and it's crazy because this topic was something that I had been avoiding um, because I was still going through the stages of grief um, from like a previous re- a relationship and um, loss that I had, and then I was like already preparing my heart for grief because um, I had a sick grandfather um, that I was caring for. And so this topic randomly came up and while I was talking to one of my good girlfriends and she was talking about a loss of a breakup. She felt like it was a loss of a breakup um, because she had to end up putting like strict boundaries on this relationship that she was kind of in on and off um, for almost a decade. And it was something like, she was like, it, I feel like I'm going through a breakup, even though that's probably what it was. And I was like, no, it, it genuinely is that. And um, you're grieving it, you know? And so we started having like this in-depth conversation about it. And so um, it's crazy because as I was preparing for, to literally like writing out notes and things about Good grief, because I was going to name it <laughs> the the episode "Good Grief" and how it can um, grief can heal and transform you, but you have to kind of like literally see it through. You guys can probably hear the sirens. It's a lot going on here in Georgia. Sorry, um, and it's a thunderstorm. It's like a sunny. I mean, it's not a sunny. It's like very cloudy, gloomy Sunday, but um, it's like the calm before the storm. So. Excuse the background noise. It is what it is. What it is. <laughs> but um, yeah, and so as I was preparing for this episode, um, I got the call that I think I had been bracing myself for almost six, six to five months now, to be honest. Um, I knew that my sweet, sweet, sweet grandpa... Um, Grandpa Kelly Johnson. Um, I knew that I wasn't going to have as much time with him and that he was going to transition eventually. And so um, I was very intentional of spending um, any free time that I was able to get, um, you know, to get down to Alabama to spend and uh, spend the weekend with him, to care for him. Uh, and we have so many precious memories. And so I got the call um, last week that um, my grandfather has, you know, fell asleep with Jesus and he's now taking his rest. Um, 
whenever you're lo- you've lost like a loved one in death, right? And I'm going to talk about death, but I, in this episode, I'm going to talk about how grief is not just losing a loved one in in death as a loss. I mean, there is it's it's a loss of anything, a person, place, or thing. It really could, and you could be grieving that person, place, or thing, um, or what was once was or whatever. So, you know, but. Back to me thinking about what for my grandfather, um, there was an overwhelming peace that I did have when I because I knew that my grandfather lived a good life, a honorable life, and he loved from the core of his being. He was the most loving man I had ever experienced. Um, on top of my grandfather, my granddad, which is my mom's dad. And I had two, I was thankful to have two grandfathers in my life that were very active men that showed healthy love and compassion and unconditional love to their grandchildren. And, um, they were just very active in my life from the young age, from since I was a baby until um, my adulthood. And so um, forever thankful for both of them. But in recent, my grandpa, my father's um, dad was someone who it was just a safe space um, within uh, the last couple of years, honestly, where I could go to my grandpa and I could just talk to him and he was safe. Like I could feel my feelings. I can open up to him. And I've talked to you guys about this before, just about having safety for as women and learning how to be vulnerable in front of men. Like that was something I struggled with because I didn't always have that, um, growing up with my relationship with my father. And I didn't have, I'll be honest, I did not have that. Um, but there is a testimony on the other side of that. So, you know, kind of get into that. But the beauty um, in when, in it is that whenever you have a loved one transitioning um, or that has lost their life tragically, um, you know, that recently there has been a lot of death. Um and over from social media, like um, big celebrities like Tina Turner um, in the community. And then you had um, we just got the news about D.C. Young Fly's uh, wife, uh, mother of his children. Um, she passed away. Uh, her name is, I think, Miss Jackie O. Um, and she had three kids, died at 32. Um, and... There was another young uh, young gentleman that I knew that passed away recently. I had a, a cousin, uh, one of my third third cousins. Yeah, I guess I would consider a third or fourth cousin who passed away. And so I've had I've just been seeing a lot of death, and I'm like, oh my goodness, Lord! Like all these grieving families and loved ones and elderly people too transitioning with the elderly. It might, even though it is hard to accept that your loved one is gone, like it's you being able to like know, like based off of how your belief system is, right? Um, like if you have that belief system that um, you know you're going to see your loved ones again, and that this is not uh, uh, this this place is not our home, and that we will reunite with our loved ones who 
had lived a um, a life of service and commitment to God and a life of love, right? Um, I believe we, you know, we'll see them again in the kingdom. And so I grieve that I, I unfortunately wasn't able to just say goodbye, but I know like I had my last words with my grandpa before I left and, um, he got the words out that, um, to say, I love you. And that's all I needed to hear because I knew exactly, I knew he loved me. He knew who I was. He knew I was there on his last days caring for him. Um, and making sure that he was taken care of. And so I have no regrets, right? I just grieve the loss. And, um, that's kind of what I wanted to talk about, uh, about when it comes to grief, right? Oftentimes we look at grief. I know I was looking at grief for, at a different lens, Um, because we're going through the stages of grief. And so when we talk about like the different stages of grief, um, uh, according to, you know, research, there are seven stages of grief. All right. So the first one, you have shock. The second one, you have denial. Third, you have anger. Fourth, you have bargaining. The fifth is depression. The sixth is testing. And then the last is acceptance, acceptance, right? And so um, I think the initial shock and denial and anger, like we tend to sit in that a little bit longer, depending on the significance of the loss and also how like if it was a complete shock like and you're literally questioning angry and not all of those things like it makes sense right and so it's crazy that it's a whole thunderstorm <laughs> while I'm talking about this heavy topic lord have mercy uh it is what it is maybe it's like the the vibes <laughs> um but hopefully you know, this is going to be good for me and whoever is listening to this episode to kind of just help um, them process. I'm not going to lie and say, oh, it gets better after this. You're going to feel so much better after this episode. You're probably not. You even may be triggered. You may even cry. It's okay. <laughs> um, and that's what I'm learning um, as I'm going through the stages of grief. I'm I'm literally allowing myself to um, feel right to feel those feelings, um, and and not deny how I'm feeling in the stage that I'm in, because um, we've been taught like as people of the community, like our communities, depending on how you were raised, like even when you're hit with a loss, like you're supposed to get back up and keep it moving, right? Um, You know, we can't settle in the grief for too long, you know? Uh, We've (laughs) over-spiritualized what grief really looks like, (laughs) where we say, oh, you just pray about it and you'll be okay. Mm, No. Like, when you're going through a significant loss of any kind, there is a healing and grieving process that you have to go through. And every, 
everyone's grieving and healing process is completely different. And so what I realize is that when I am in in a season of grief, first of all, my grief doesn't have to be explained to anyone. <laughs> I think this is so funny. I remember going through like the the breakup um, back in what is it, twenty twenty one, right? That's when I had the breakup. That's when I had to go through um, and make the decision made the decision to have an abortion and it was like very tough for me and I remember how like that topic was not talked about a lot like only my close family and friends knew what was going on because in that moment everything was so fresh and it was still very heavy and I felt that that is something that only it's very sacred so not everybody deserved to hear that story and the vulnerability behind it until I was able feeling more comfortable of sharing it right and um I remember like you know people would ask like what are you going through like you know I mean what was the grief that you were dealing with and I was like oh I lost I lost someone and I lost um I like I lost, I had a loss. I had a major loss. That's all I kept saying. I had a major loss. And then they were thinking like somebody died and are like, or something made, and it was like, well, something did <laughs> die within me, <laughs> within me. And uh, I lost a relationship. I lost myself in a relationship. Um, and I had to do a lot of recovery and healing from that. So I'm going through grief, right? And I remember God was like telling me, he was like, you don't have to explain your grief to anyone. Like, it's not for them to understand. What I need you to do is to invite me in the grief. And I was like, oh, mercy God. Because, see, we want, like, when we're hit with the the change of um, a circumstance or a situation or that news that broke you to the core where, you know, you lost, um, your job, right. Or you lost, um, a friend, uh, or your relationship. Um, you lost the, you, you know, didn't get the promotion opportunity. You lost the client. Um, you lost a pregnancy, right. Um, and, or, any of those like major things that could have affected you and you're like, oh my gosh, like this is hard. This is the time where like God was saying, like, give yourself grace to grieve and invite God into your grief. And I was like, wow, God, like I really have to invite you into this grief even though this healing process is so messy, God was like, I can handle it. Like I was there with you while you were going through the mess and got in the mess or when you got the news and guess what? I'll be there to get you through it, but you have to invite me in the process. And a lot of times we don't want to invite God in the process because when we're going through the stages of grief, there's also some major things that happen while you're in those stages of grief. Right? So, um, uh, when I think about the first, you know, couple stages, that shock, denial, and anger part, um, depending on how you process and handle and grief, a lot of people go through a numbing phase, okay? 
Numbing phase is when you literally don't want to feel anything. You don't want to feel your feelings. You're trying to numb your feelings. You want as many distractions. You don't want to think about it. You don't want to talk about it. People ask you, I don't want to talk about it. You know, um, and so numbing can look different. A lot of people indulge, start to indulge heavy in um, drugs and alcohol or in sex or, um, you know, uh, watching, um, you know, watching TV, listening to music just to disconnect, just to get away and not have to think about this major loss that just happened. Right. And so you're stuck in this numbing. Um, and then we get shame. We become shameful or because we're in numbing. We're numbing in the and while we're in the stages of grief, right? Um, and I remember going through all of that. I mean, struggling with all of it. And God was like, baby girl, like, know that I still love you while you're numbing. Know that I'm still here while you're numbing. If you would just not try to hide it if you would not if you would just be real with me like if you would just say god i am struggling with this thing i am struggling with feeling my feelings god i am struggling like acknowledging and and being able to process um what the traumatic loss that i just went through and really start praying not and i you know you, you don't have to pray like god take it away from me no god just be with me in this time like I could be drunk out of my mind, but I still need to feel you. Like I could be high as a kite, but I still need to feel you. Like I don't want I don't want to ever lose your presence. I don't want you to be gone from me as I'm going through this difficult healing process. And I know I won't stay here long. I know that this phase is temporary, but I need you right now to tell me like it's gonna be okay and so that I can still feel you. And when you start to release the shame from whatever stage you are, how you're handling your grief, and you start to replace that with grace, that's how you know God is in the grief with you. And then he starts to transform your heart and by giving you some peace. And even while you are still struggling, right, like you and you could still be in the middle of it where you're going through that depression phase. Like, nobody wants to talk about the depression phase. Like, okay, like, I've gone through the numbing, and now, like, I'm, like, clinically depressed. Um, I don't want to leave the house. I don't want to move. I remember, like, being so, like, heavy. And I started gaining weight. That's when the weight gain came, and I didn't even notice. And I was just not wanting to do because... I felt like my body had been through so much. My heart had been through so much. My mind had been through so much. And yet I was still supposed to wake up the next day and put on my HR smile and show up for church and lead in my ministries. And nobody knew what the hell that I had been through. And that is how some of us are navigating through our grief, where we are high functioning and grief and it is it can be very dangerous when we don't take time to pause and say you know what I'm not well I'm still hurting from that loss from two years ago I'm still hurting from that loss two months ago I'm still hurting from that loss two weeks ago 
I am still hurting from that loss five years ago, 10 years, 20 years ago. And the grief comes in waves. I wish that I could have like, I mean, I was telling myself it was crazy before my grandfather passed. Like, I'm just preparing my heart for grief because I just knew the call was going to come and then I would have to really make peace with, wow, he's not here anymore and I can't talk to him because I've always been able to talk to my grandfather, like always. So it's like, whoa, like, you know, how do I... How how am I going to act when I have to process this? And um, God was like, the only preparation that I could possibly give you is a peace of mind. And the peace of mind knowing that this is temporary. Whatever major loss that you have, that you've gone through, we can't look at it as so final as the world would look at it, right? That God truly turns our pain into purpose and that he does things on purpose, for purpose, for us to, um, for us to experience him in a different way. And so when I'm linking and when I was talking to my girlfriend, you know, about her loss of a relationship and how she was like, I just felt like I lost myself, like, you know, in that a decade and I still didn't get what I deserved and what I needed. And so now I have to put up these boundaries and they hurt, you know, Um, it hurts to have to let someone go and say, you no longer can be in my life. It's almost like you could just say they're gone and they're, they, yeah, because like they're no longer showing up. Um, consistently whether it was healthy or unhealthy it was normal for you at that time whenever you are dealing with a relationship or even a job I mean I've I've heard I'm in HR so I see a lot of people I've unfortunately had been I have been tasked with um, having to let people go where I have to say today effective immediately you um, are terminated And that is like literally shifting and changing somebody's livelihood. And I remember like having, like, I know that feeling where you have to now process, wow, tomorrow is is something, tomorrow I don't go to work. Tomorrow I don't have a job. You know, tomorrow I don't get to call my grandfather on FaceTime and see his smile. Tomorrow, I don't get to talk to that close friend that I had years, you know, and our relationship has now forever shifted because of the way life has, you know, brought us together and our relationship is just not as close and I had to put up some boundaries and so maybe we're just not as close anymore. Tomorrow, it's different. The next day is different. And you have to go and acknowledge that some things will truly never be the same. But the beauty in it is that you don't have to truly, you don't have to live in regret, right? Like, I don't regret my decision of having to 
end a, a you know a relationship that wasn't healthy for me at the time, having to make a decision that would forever change my life, you know, and I would grieve for the rest of my life. I don't regret it. I grieve my decision. And that's okay. See, the enemy wants you to live in regret. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. All these other things that is not going to bring the person, place, or thing back into your life because it's gone, right? But also, it's all about perspective and how we are looking at it and what lens are we looking at it and how we are processing it. And so as we are trying to navigate, you know, through the healing process, it's important for us to go through all of these stages so that we can be very intentional of feeling every emotion because sometimes we'll just like you know push it all down until one day you explode and you popping off as somebody that doesn't even deserve to be popped off at because you're just like you never got it out if you're angry be angry cuss a little whatever you need to do release it you know like If you're going through the stage of depression and you're depressed, you may have to sit in that depression. You may need to give yourself grace and say, I'm depressed. I need to rest. I can't just go back and hit the ground running again. And that is something that I have to tell myself because I am high functioning, where I literally put a smile on my face and people think because I carry the grief well that I'm not grieving. Just because I carry it well doesn't mean I'm not hurting. It's just that I'm inviting God in it to give me strength moment by moment, day by day. But I ain't got it like that. There are times where I have to tell my friend, you know what? I'll be honest, I don't have the emotional capacity to do this today. Like, I actually can't come to your event or actually I'm not going to be able to make it. Um, I'm, I'm really tired. Or, you know actually don't want company right now or you actually I do need company I just need a friend to sit though and talk to me I don't need any extraness I just want us to be in the same space um I maybe need a laugh you know I'm learning that I have to acknowledge what is the need that I what are some needs that I need in this moment as I'm going through grief? And then if I have my community, which I'm so blessed to have a community and I want to encourage, like I said in my last episode, it's crazy how fitting these um, episodes are correlating together about leaning in to with um, into vulnerability with your community, right? Acknowledging that I'm not okay. And I, I had an outpour of love and support when I posted that I lost my grandfather. Um, shout out to every, you know, supporter and listener and friends who reached out to me personally, connected with me, you know, had my personal number, reached out, made sure that I was okay, praying for me. I truly felt the prayers of my community. Um I was fortunate to be with family right after I got the news. But as soon as I got home, it hit. The shock hit. Not really denial. Not really anger. I didn't deal with bargaining because I knew I did everything. 
the depression came, right? And I'm literally finally getting over, getting onto the other side of accepting, right? Where the acceptance is not hard because I knew that my grandfather lived a long life and he, a life well lived and he deserved good rest. And it would have been selfish for me to be like, keep, come on. No, I don't want you to keep praying for you to come. No, like I'm praying for my grandfather to rest in Jesus. Yes. Amen. And he deserved that child I, I mean I rather I wish I could rest <laughs> okay seriously sometimes but I know my work is not done here so I mean as I'm going through these stages though like I'm acknowledging my feelings in every one of them you know I went through the numbing phase where I was just like oh my god I just don't want to feel like I just I can't like it's too heavy I keep crying God, I just, can I stop crying (laughs) because it's getting too much? I'm crying in between calls. I'm crying, trying to still show up at my job and my work, and it's becoming overwhelming. And so I would, like, you know, my friends, the ones that I felt safe with, I would break down and cry on FaceTime because I needed to let it out. No, no one has had told me you need to be strong. And they said, no, Jessica, cry, release. It's okay. Like, get it out and let me feel safe. Didn't make, didn't make me feel uncomfortable of releasing that out. And I'm forever grateful for that. I'm grateful for, like I said, the flowers, the outpouring love, um, the check-ins, like it's important to have a community or to have that one person in your corner that can check on you when you're going through these life transitions. And like I said, when it is a loss of a friendship or relationship or a job or a promotion opportunity, a client, you know, that you just so desperately wanted and you know, the business deal fell through or you didn't actually get into the grad school or you know, you ended up having a miscarriage or you ended up having to make the difficult decision to terminate a pregnancy for your personal reasons. Like there's just so many ways that we could be grieving and someone could be grieving. And the, the more that I have to go through grief, I have become more empathetic and gracious than I ever been in my entire life. Because now I know that everybody is going through something. And they could be battling something. They could be grieving the fact that they've been diagnosed with, you know, um, diagnosed with a a disorder or with, um, you know, an illness that they have to deal with for the rest of their life. And some of these things you don't see because, again, it's not it's not as public and they're still showing up and it's almost like okay well they're showing up so they're okay and it's like no that doesn't mean they're okay <laughs> that means that maybe god gave them just enough strength and and grace to get up for the day and to still show up in the room but you never know after the Instagram and Facebook and the calls and the texts and the, 
you know, walking in the room and the door's closing, you're in your room and you're by yourself and you, it's just you and God and you're breaking down and you're sobbing and you are wailing in grief. You don't know what that person is going through. And that's why you, we have to be just more empathetic as a, as a, as a people. Um, whether you believe in God or not, like, it's just a good thing to be more empathetic because when you start going through shit in your life, you realize, man, like I can only imagine what other people are going through and probably going through more. And so let me be a little, let me be more gentle and gracious with myself and then with others. Because that is how I'm, I'm wanting people to show up in my life. And I want to show up in their lives now. Like, the more I give myself grace, I am I'm oozing out of grace to someone else. And I have to be reminded. It is subtle reminders. I'm not going to act like I'm good on this. But the advice that I'm telling my friends, like, Girl, it's, you know, it's going to be okay. You know, you got to go through the process. Don't feel shame. Release that shame and guilt. You know, give yourself grace. Whatever you made the decision you made when you were in survival mode. And so with that, you did a darn good job. You are still doing a good job and you're still showing up. I got to give myself that same pep talk. And you got to do that too. We... Well, we will sit here and uplift our friends, give them the best, (laughs) the best um, advice, words of affirmation, motivation, encouragement. And then yet, I mean, when it comes to yourself, ourselves, we're just like, child, I ain't got it. (laughs) Like, you know, and beating ourselves up and just, you know, coming from self-condemnation and guilt and shame. And those are things that are not of God. Those are things that the enemy is trying to attack our mind, to steal our joy, to steal our peace, to steal our, our purpose, because he wants us to stay stuck in those stages of grief. Because if he can get us to stay stuck, honestly, we, we kind of make some bad decisions, let's be honest. Like, because we're, like I said, those, you know, when you're going through that numbing stage and when you're angry, upset, you're making decisions and you're just not really yourself, you know, and you're making decisions based off of the feelings, you know, and not really the facts, not really what's, you know, um what's real, you know, because you haven't been able, you haven't allowed yourself to go through all of the emotions. And so we're settling. And so the enemy, that's his trick. He wants you to stay stuck in those stages um, and not get to the acceptance facts. When you can get to the acceptance point of grief, where you start to reverse this whole mindset of God, why? God, why? God, why? God, why? And then you can get to the point where you can say, why not, God? I mean, you said that this life here is temporary. You didn't say if trials and tribulations come. You said when trials and tribulation come. 
You did say if I have adversity, when you have adversity, you will be there with me always. You will never leave me or forsake me. Now and the acceptance, I'm holding on to the promises of God where in this final stage, I'm able to release my mindset of being this victim to becoming a victor and what God has brought me through and one of the most traumatic losses of my life, right? And so whatever that thing is, don't rush to get there, but just know you will get there. And I have to speak this because, y'all, I am the queen of rushing. I rush everything. I really do. Like, it's super bad. It's just super bad habit of mine. And so God literally puts things in my life and he hits me with things. And he's like, baby girl, you're not going to be able to rush this. This thing is going to settle and sit with you for a while. And it's okay. Because God is like, I'm big enough. I'm bad enough. I'm strong enough to be in it with you. If you would just let me and not try to rush it and heal and grieve yourself, invite God in the grief and watch him transform your mind, transform your mind and your spirit and your heart into a peace that surpasses all understanding. You don't understand why you lost the relationship, why you lost the the job, the fiance, the the promotion, the school, you know, the friendship, the child, the parent, the grandparent, the cousin, the auntie, the best friend. You don't know why you lost why you lost it. But you know a God that is sovereign that allowed it, that he literally doesn't give us more than we can bear. And I know at the moment, in the beginning of the stages, it feels like you cannot bear it. My child, I understand. I felt it. (laughs) I'm like, why would he give me this back to back? Like, seriously, why? And I just, I literally felt like I was just getting on the other side of my grief from 2021. And then now 2022, I'm losing such a precious soul in processing that. And so sometimes I'm like, dang, God, do I get a break? And um, he's like, yeah, you can get a break. You just have to give yourself grace to take the break and to grieve. But you're going you're gonna to continue to run into different trials and tribulations and losses. They just may be different. And you might even grieve now, start to grieve differently, where you don't have to go through each stage again. You don't have to go through the numbing. But if you do, know I love you. Know I'll take care of you. Know that I will not leave you while you are numbing your pain, while you are trying to deny, while you're angry. Know that I'm a good, good father that I still love you unconditionally and I will still show up for you. And I will give you just enough strength to show up for the times that you need to show up. You know, for me, I'm 
choosing to still serve um, and but being very intentional with my yes and my no right now in this season in grief. And I think for anyone who is listening, be intentional. If you're grieving the divorce, if you're grieving like a family that was once was and no longer, be intentional in your yes and your no and how you're taking care of yourself and showing up for your family, showing up for yourself. Because... We have to take care of ourselves to be able to show up in the capacity that we want to show up for our family and our friends. Um, And we can't neglect. We can no longer self-neglect and deny what our hearts need, what our minds need, um, what our bodies need in these, in these transitions and these, in these grieving periods. And, um, we need to take whatever time that we need to go through the process, but to invite God in the process, in that healing process. So I don't know who this is for. Someone could really be struggling, like I said, with the loss of a loved one, the loss of a thing like a a place um and a place in time and in transition and relationship in a season where you're having to do a lot of reflection on what used to be and that's no longer and you are going through that process to get to the acceptance phase of life don't rush the grief Invite God into the grief. And then you will see how good grief could be as it will transform you and give you new purpose. It can rebirth things. It can um, bring forth newness where once, yes, you lost something, you lost someone, but you gained something. Um this was one of the biggest acceptance that I had, uh, I'll share, um, where I did have a whole like full circle moment where I had been very open about some of the um, daddy wounds that I had with my father of just struggling with vulnerability and being emotionally present and having that connection. My father was the caregiver for my grandfather. And over the last year and a half, I have seen my father drastically change and transform into an emotionally present dad. And, you know, God had revealed to me earlier this year that while I am losing physically my grandfather, I am literally gaining my father emotionally again. And being able to have a authentic father and daughter relationship that I had so desired and yearned for and needed. And it made like my dad's heart of stone into flesh and to be more empathetic because he was dealing with something that was so traumatic 
And I told you, when you go through traumatic losses, you become empathetic. And so he's now saying that I needed that empathy. I needed that emotional connection. I needed to see those tears from my father for him to feel safe so that I could feel safe. And we share those moments. I needed to hear him say, I love you more. And I was so thankful that now I have that relationship with him. And so that is the beauty. And what I was saying as far as acceptance is like when you can see that God can literally turn your pain into gain and he can turn it into purpose and that he can renew your life and your relationships and bring something um, even better than you ever expected. Right. You just. It, it may look hard. It's hard to accept right now. But if we hold on to the promises of God, you know, those things will come to pass, right? And so come to pass. So whatever that you, your heart has been desiring and you've been continuing to see major losses, um, know that he's not done with you yet. Know that, that this is a part of the process, it is not the destination, right? This is a part of the journey and that God is going to see you through it and you will reap the harvest. You will reap it. You will. We have to be steadfast in faith and trust him through even the hardest and darkest times. Or it seems that there's no, I can't go, I can't do another round of grief. God said, with me, you can do all things, baby. And I know it sounds horrible. I know it's not fair. But just like our, our God had to grieve, to grieve his son dying on the cross for us, <laughs> like he went through it too. So why wouldn't we have to go through it? It's the call. It's what we, as believers, we're taking this on and we're bearing the cross with him. And so for that, give yourself grace to grieve and invite him in it. Well, that's it for this episode. I pray that um, this episode has touched you. And if it you feel like that it will touch someone else, don't hesitate to share it on all streaming platforms. Um yeah and we'll be back with another episode of listen up with Jess bye